have seen pictures. Oh my God. Wow, pictures come with doctor and all. That would be a greater hoax than the resurrection hoax. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, the disciples stole his body. Let me tell you something. The men who wrote that lived then. You can't fool people who were alive when it happened. Amen. They said Jesus rose from the dead. You can't create a lie like that. And then, and then, and then it lasts for 2,000 years, and we believe it still today. Yes, he rose from the dead. He appeared to uh, 500 people. They saw him. Amen. What you need to say, instead of saying, read your Bible, just say, well, I have a document written by someone who who was alive at the time of the resurrection. Would you like to read it? Guy named Luke wrote a little documentary about it. It's an historical fact. Luke lived then. Paul lived then. Uh, James was his brother for crying out loud. His own brother said, I saw the risen Lord. Oh, somebody help me. Come on and praise him. We got to get back to the resurrection. It's not just a day when everybody comes to church on Easter. God help us. Ephesians, the book, is the wake up call for the church. It is for the next generation to understand that we're, we're the only religion that serves. A risen founder. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. The Bible is not the good news. Jesus is the good news. Now, please. Oh, pastor doesn't believe in the Bible. I didn't say that. It is God's word. Amen. And and you need to understand, we don't have the original letters. They're gone. We don't have an original pen document on any of those letters. So down through the centuries, they get translated. Now, I believe God's hand was on that. But the fact of the matter, how many times do you hear me say the Greek says, the Hebrew says? Because, because whenever you translate something, you lose a little bit in the meaning. Am I right? I don't know how to avoid that. But the Word of God is true. The Word of God is sufficient. The Word of God is all we need. Amen. Amen. Live by the Word. Know the Word. Memorize the Word. Understand the Word. Uh, and listen, I under, listen I'm, not, I'm not against any of that. But please understand, we're not going to win the world by quoting the Bible. We're going to win the world by introducing them to Jesus. He's the good news. You're not going to hear anyone else preach this, but I'm going to preach it. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1. Oh, glory to God. Paul. Where's my water? I need a drink. Ephesians 1, 1. Okay. I've got like five minutes. Are you okay? Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. By the will of God. I didn't call myself. To the saints, 
Oh, really? Did you just add an S there? Is it really ain'ts? Saints, really? We'll talk about it. To the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful, the faithful ones in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. See, it's a letter. It's like we do today, greetings or, right? Now, the next verses, you're not going to believe it, from 3 till verse 17 is all one sentence in the Greek. Y'all would not want to hear Paul preach. The man can ramble, I tell you. Now, just for the sake of clarity in English, we put commas and periods, but there were, for 17 verses, he just, he just got up and said, ha, <laughs> and went to town. Just remember that. It's, it's hard to translate, but watch this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the what? Heavenly places in Christ. Can I just read through it? Are you okay? So just flip through it as I go. Just as he chose, they chose, chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame and uh, before him in love. Having predestined us, y'all picking up the seven verbs, predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of, of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Let's go quick. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. Can I get an amen? I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop there, uh, and we'll pick that up later. Go to, go to the seven verbs real quick. So here they are real quick. Now, I know you're nervous. Oh, my God. Pastor's already preached almost a half an hour, and now he's going to have a seven-point message. It won't take me long. How many, how many believe that? Uh, lack of faith in the house, lack of faith. The first thing he says is the first verb he uses is that we are blessed. We are blessed. But understand what that means, because nowadays that means new car, new job, promotion. <clears throat> and all that, all that can be a blessing. But listen, he says we're blessed in heavenly places. He qualifies it. In other words, you're not truly blessed until you walk in that other dimension. There, how many know there's another dimension? I'm afraid we're missing that in the church world today, because we're still living in the third dimension when there's a fourth dimension. How many know there's a second dimension? For instance, you can look at a picture of a horse. That is a two-dimensional, 
thing, right? It's got height. It's got width. It's a picture of a horse. But you know what? You don't have to just look at a picture of a horse. You can see a horse. You can pet a horse. You can put a saddle on a horse. You can get on the horse. You can ride the horse. How many know you can really have an experience in the 3D that's so much better than the 2D? Well, I'm here to tell you there's a fourth dimension. Some Christians are still living in the 2D. Some, some, some have some experience with a 3D. But I'm telling you, there's a whole other spiritual dimension called the fourth dimension, and it's not spooky. There is another dimension, and it is as different from the third dimension as the third is from the second dimension. I just, I just came by to tell you, and I'm going to tell you for ten weeks, if you walk in resurrection power, you will be seated. You will walk in heavenly places with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Wow. I, th- I think five different times... He talks about heavenly places. We'll get to it as we go. Number two, we are chosen. Say we're chosen. We're chosen. Probably everybody in this place has an experience of not being chosen to something or chosen last. Anybody? Oh, be honest. And if, you've, and if you're always the one that was chosen first, we hate you. Who are you? Aren't you blessed? I don't know about you, but, you know, I, of course, now I'm muscular, but back then, oh, you're going to go there. <laughs> but when I was a kid, you know, it's you know, it's one thing getting chosen last, but when the girls get chosen ahead of you, it's just a little girl ten years younger than you. I'll take her. <laughs> Hello. Chosen means set apart. This chosen is relational. In other words, it's chosen like you adopt a child. It's like, I want that one. We are chosen, not last, first. Oh, I guess that don't mean anything to you, but chosen means we're on the team. Chosen means we're accepted. Chosen means we're okay. Chosen means that we're equipped for the job. Chosen means somebody believes we can do it. Somebody believes in us. Somebody knows something about us. Oh, my God, are you listening to what I'm saying? Chosen! Get up every morning and say, he chose me. I I know we talk about, I found the Lord. You didn't find anybody. He wasn't lost. He found, he didn't just find you. He had to sick the dogs on you. He had to, man, he had to, turn, he had to look under a lot of rocks to find you. But he found you, amen. He went looking for you. He sent the Holy Ghost to let you know. 
It's like winning the $10 million lottery. We've been looking for you. Your number came up, and you're the winner. I feel like a lottery winner. He chose me. Oh, somebody help me. Number three, we are destined. See, see chosen has to do with has to do with purpose, but destined has to do with destination. We're not just in the club. We have a place to go. We have something to do. We are not just set apart, but God gave us direction because he loves us. Now, don't let predestination mess up your mind. I like what he says in Romans, we are predestined according to foreknowledge. Now, listen, what kind of God would that be if he made people to go to hell? I mean, he created somebody with the intention of sending them to hell. Doesn't that blow your mind? How is that possible? He died for everybody. But he knows who will accept Who will say yes? He knows and he chose them. You know, you can want to be on a team, but until until you're chosen, you can want to be all you want. It makes you a wannabe. But if you're, but, so he has to choose the wannabes. And he's chosen us. We are destined. Wow. Number four. Am I doing good? Number four. Freely given. He freely gave grace. We know the definition, right? Unmerited, undeserved favor. He uses some form of the word grace 20 times in the book of Ephesians. It's not that long a book, six chapters. 20 times he talks about The grace of God. So how many believe we're going to hear that again? Grace makes salvation work. Grace makes salvation work. And it's not just that he gave us something. He gave us himself. Grace. Freely. Nobody tricked him. Nobody twisted his arm. Father God didn't say, well, you know, you're it. (laughs) I know you don't want to go, but no, freely. I I love those preachers when they preach in the book of Revelation where this is. They're looking. Oh, they looked. They scoured heaven looking for like Jesus is hiding under a rock somewhere. Boy, I hope they don't find me. (laughs) He was slain from the foundation of the earth of, of eternity. Where are we going to find anybody? I guess it preaches, you know. Oh, my God. I'll go if I have to. Oh, my God. They always knew where he was. (laughs) Number five, he lavished his love on us. That word is literally he drenched us. Doesn't move you? He he (laughs) drenched. Right? You watch a football game at the end, they take that big old bucket of Gatorade and or that or the Nest commercial. He lavishes us. 
He lavished. He poured it on us. It's, oh, from our point of view, it's reckless. I, I got on the, the preacher Facebook page, you know, Church of God Preachers. I got on there and talked about his reckless love. And some preacher got on there and said, God's love isn't reckless. God knows what he's doing. He's not taking any chances. He, I'm like, oh, you. What decade are you living in? I finally just said, go listen to the song. <laughs> I don't know what to say to you. We, we, know, we know God's not going to mess up. It's not, about, it's not about that. It's from our point of view. It's the kind of love that if any of us did it, they'd call us reckless. They'd say, You've got, you can't love people like that. You can't love people unconditionally. They'll burn you. They'll disappoint you. They'll go wrong on you. It's, you know, you've got to do, and, and, and if we were smart, we'd say, God, you probably really shouldn't have saved me. I know none of you have ever failed him, but I'm just going to confess I have messed up. I have had times that I've messed up, and I'm not going to list them for you. That would be reckless. I have nothing you can fire me for, so don't worry about it. (laughs) Glory to God. You know, I, 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 sent, I sent a Facebook the other day. I said, if I disobeyed nine of the ten commandments, any of the nine commandments, you'd fire me. If I disobey the tenth one, the fourth one, keep holy the Sabbath, you'll probably give me a raise for working hard. Why do we dishonor the Sabbath? Oh, that's another sermon that ones who aren't here needs to hear. Can I get an amen? Or at least, oh, I'm glad I'm here this morning. Yes. Reckless love. He he takes a chance on us. But it's not really a chance. He's got it all under control. He's got this thing that even when we mess up, he finds a way to use our mess up If you don't give up on him, he'll use your mess up for something awesome to happen in your life. Now, that doesn't give you permission to mess up. Shall sin abound? No. (laughs) No. How many still here? Repeat after me. Just two more. Number six. Made known. He has released all his, not all, he's released wisdom and understanding. They call it a mystery, a mystery. And it's not a mystery that you can't know. It's a mystery that if you read long enough, you'll discover. It's like reading a murder mystery. It's only a mystery because you don't, you don't have it all, you don't have it all yet. But you will someday. Someday you'll understand why all that happened to you. Okay, so it's a mist. God, uh, isn't it wonderful that God is willing to reveal mystery? I don't know about you, but I'm, I, I'm what they call, in baseball they call it inside baseball. How, how many of you are bored to death watching a baseball game? Yeah, it's like oh, nap time. 
That's because you don't know inside baseball. See, I enjoy watching baseball. And now I, I, I record it first so I can run through it real fast, but I... <laughs> I'm sorry. But the symmetry, the majesty of it, the, the, the balance, the to and fro, the statistics, the individual stuff, the comparisons. Man, that's just, you know, I'm just a numbers guy. I just, I just love to get into that and figure out who's doing what and how do you compare this team to that team. And it's, it's fascinating. The inside baseball to me is fascinating, even though watching it is a little slow. It's kind of like church sometimes. May not always be exciting enough for you. I read a preacher the other day. He says, he says sometimes I see my members nodding off on me. And he says, I just let it be. Today is a day of rest after all. <laughs> yes. Oh, that helps. Amen. At least they're resting. They're obeying Scripture. Listen, we have to stop going to church just because it's exciting. We need to stop running to churches because we think this one's more exciting than that one. I only go to the exciting football games. I only go to the playoffs, interpretation, revival services. Instead of understanding, we are here as community. We're here as family. We're here to just be, not so much do, but we're here to be in His presence, to discover Him, to encounter Him. Oh, thank you. Oh, you're going to hear more about this. The word, listen, I don't know that the Word needs more Bible verses. They need an encounter with God. They don't need an argument from us. They don't need a speech from us. We don't need to sit them down and say, now listen here. And they certainly don't need our judgmental attitude about how wrong they are when we're so right. What we need, what they need is an encounter. You can't argue with an encounter. If they, oh, we just need more churches where Jesus shows up, where the Holy Ghost shows up. Amen. And it doesn't have to be full-blown confetti. Woo! Sometimes people just walk through those doors before church even starts and go, oh. I don't know how many people have joined this church saying, the minute I walked through the door, I felt something. I can't explain it, but I had an encounter with him. You have my promise. You've had my promise. I'm never going to work something up so they can have a fake experience or some emotional climax. But I'm telling you, if they can have an encounter, if God doesn't show up, then let's just, let's just go home. We'd be better off just worshiping at home. Amen. My goal is not to, well, it's not a whole lot of things. You know, I have a list of things. When, when, when I get to heaven, there's a whole lot of things God's never going to ask me. And it's a lot of the things you're asking me. I just want to know what he wants. 
And I just want a divine, I just want every service to be an encounter with God. Just meet the Holy One. God, show us your glory. Not an emotional high. It's not about me reaching your mind and convincing you and winning an argument. It's about presenting Jesus through the Holy Ghost and having a divine encounter with Him. Is this alien? Are you okay with this? Go ahead and praise the Lord because I need a drink. That, I know that don't sound right, but... Believe me, there's just water in here. <laughs> Number seven, to God be the glory. Music people come, that'll encourage me. He says, gather up. He said, in the end, everything gets gathered up. Sheep and goats get separated. The weeds that have been growing up, the tares that have been growing up at the wheat get harvested. Some thrown in the fire, some to the storehouse. Oh, my God. He's gathering up. Listen, what does he say? Every knee will bow. Every. Heaven or hell, every knee will bow. I never lived for you. I didn't believe in you. I never accepted you. But I have to admit, you're God. Say with me, every knee will bow. Let me close with verse 11 through 14. After this, remember, we're still going. Paul begins to praise the Lord. In him also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things, according to the counsel of his will, always getting wound up, that we should first, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. Can you imagine where his glory on in whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed you were sealed How can you go wrong if you're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise? Also, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise, to the praise of His glory? Let's just stop there. Stand with me. Amen. I'm sorry I went so long. Jesus, Jesus. Church, if our goal is just to make people comfortable, we'll fill the sanctuary, but they'll leave with empty hearts. I know we need to speak the, gener- speak the language of the next generation. I, I, I know we need to remove as many barriers as we can to get them in the house of the Lord. 
I'm no dummy. I know, I know what I'm talking about. But ultimately, there has to be an encounter. And some people just aren't serious about serving Jesus. They're just not. They, they, they're okay just going through the motions. But, oh, God, we, we want an encounter. We want an encounter. We want presence. We want to live in the resurrected church. God, we repent for leaving our first love. We repent for walking away from the fire. We repent for being too lazy to pray and intercede. We repent because it's work. It's work. But you made us for good works. Let us not be weary in well-doing, but let us continue to push into the presence. Let us get into the inside mystery of God to the deeper things. In Jesus, oh, I feel His presence. Hallelujah.